Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. And now as we look into your word, we ask that you touch our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, and that your word will fall into the good soil of our hearts, and that we will grow thereby. We thank you, we honor you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I have to, I'm going to use the same one I did last year. Um, how many seconds are there in a year? Anybody know how many seconds there are in a year? Twelve. Twelve seconds in a year. I ain't looking at y'all because y'all remember from last year. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Awesome. Jokers. All right. We, May and June are the months that we recognize two of the most critical family units. The mothers in May, the fathers in June. And we have come to a point in our society that May celebrations grossly outweigh the June celebrations. There are situations that have occurred that we have become So focused on accomplishment that we have lost sight of legacy. We have become so focused on what we can do for ourselves that our next generation just becomes nothing more than a trophy. So what we want to do today is, like we did in May, is talk about legacy. And my opening statement for today is this, fathers have a responsibility to teach their children the faith. I would even go further to say fathers have a responsibility to teach their children the faith. I would even go a little bit further and say fathers have a responsibility to teach their children the faith. And then that makes me have this question, are you as a father being obedient to the Lord? Let's talk about our definitions. Our first and only definition for today is a father. And father is one who has begotten a child, whether a son or daughter, a generator, a male parent. Uh, that was okay, but I like this definition also. A father is one who performs the offices of a parent by maintenance, affectionate care, counsel, or protection. A father is one who performs the offices or the positions of a parent by maintenance, affectionate care, counsel, or protection. Now, before I go into the scriptures today, I got to, I got to say this. It, it has become the norm for us to go on a mountaintop and shout about how wonderful mothers are. 
and go to the deepest points of the valley to say how bad fathers are. Because of the effects of what their responsibilities are. Well, a mother, as we talked before, she's a nurturer. She's, she's the one that stays up and, and does the things that are necessary to help their child along. But the father has the responsibility of being a protector, of being a provider. And in his vision of doing that, as you heard Officer Williams say, you get so focused on what you're doing instead of looking at what you need to do. Because to be honest, if I could be honest for a moment, I would have to tell you that it's honestly better or easier to go to work and bring home the money. But it is better to spend time with your children and to speak into their lives to prepare them for the road ahead. It's best to show your children that they are the priority over everything in your life except for their mother. But we have gotten to the point whereby we focus so much on what we need to do that we don't focus on how we affect our grandchildren. Psalms 119, starting at the 89th verse in the English Standard Version, goes like this. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. In the New Testament, there's a Scripture that I believe that every man should have tattooed on somewhere on his body. <laughs> Ephesians 6 and 4 says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it fall upon the good soil of our heart in Jesus' name. So we find in the 119th Psalm, it's one of the longest psalms in the Bible. It's one of the longest chapters in the Bible, 176 verses. And if you read it in the Hebrew, you will find that each section starts with, the, uh, each line of each section starts with the letter, of the Hebrew alphabet. For instance, and so if I was to just kind of do a correlation to you, so the first uh, eight lines, I believe it is, all start with A. Then the next eight start with B. 
see. And so you can tell this is going to be a very elaborate laid out. But it talks about how it is important for us to understand that God's faithfulness lasts through generations. Even when we feel like things are not going well for us, God's faithfulness lasts through generations. And even if a previous generation was not faithful, the next generation still has opportunity to become faithful because God is consistently faithful. But that does not mean that you are exempt from a responsibility in raising your children to understand faith because God is faithful. You have a role to play in their faithfulness. It has been shown in studies that children with involved fathers or stepdads, stepdads or father figures do increasingly better and that they're less likely to get in trouble with the law. They tend to do better in school and they're more likely to hold a job. So it is important for a father to understand and to recognize the importance of being present and teaching your child the faith. That's why it's very important for us to realize that we cannot depend on the school system to teach our children faith. Why? Because they don't even believe. It's very difficult for us to allow the television to teach children faith. Why? Because they're just as bad as the school system. So the things that we allow to speak into our children's lives have to be overridden by our interaction in their lives. So that means that there's some time that we have to take out of our me time in order to make sure that we're speaking into the lives of our children. And so Paul breaks it down. He says, fathers. Now notice that he says this. He says, fathers. He doesn't say parents. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath or to anger or to frustration, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So that tells me that as a father, we have a responsibility of teaching our children about God. Why? Because the children's initial outlook of who God is is in the father figure that they have or do not have in their lives. Mama could be there all day, but when they hear God, they always look at it as a male figure. And so their interpretation of who God is going to be in their lives is going to be based upon the interaction with the male figure in their lives. So now we can see how our action or our inaction, either one, is providing the platform for what a child's faith is going to be. Whether you are being intentional or you're being unintentional, the fact is you are still teaching. 
And so we have this responsibility as fathers to teach the children about God. And because, as we heard Officer Williams say, a mother is designed to be that nurturer. The father has this innate ability of understanding how to protect. We have to realize that when God designed marriage, it is a co-union of two individuals with strengths and weaknesses. And typically the strengths and weaknesses are not the same, but they cause a balance. And this balance enables the next generation to go ahead and be a little bit better than the previous generation, if everyone operates according to their created ability. So, fathers have a responsibility to teach their children about God. And this is as much of a command from God as thou shalt not steal. It is your responsibility, it is your requirement as a father to do this. And so, we have to realize that this is not a passive command. This is not something to avoid, but it's an active command in that you have to interact with your children. You have to help them to grow up and to teach them and to provide an environment so that they can understand and know who God is. Now, I know some of us are, some of us men are sitting here saying, well, I didn't have an example. Well, guess what? You don't need to have an example to be an example. All you need to do is find someone, find something to teach you. And the best way for you to learn that is to get into the word of God for yourself. Spend time with God yourself so that God, who is the greatest teacher of all, can teach you what you need to do. Because if we continue to look at why we can't do something, we'll figure out a reason for not doing it. You can be separated from your baby, uh, baby's mama, and y'all could have not have, have worked it out. That does not relieve you of your responsibility of making sure that your children grow up in the admonition of the Lord. You are responsible for that process. I hear a lot of times where young men, a lot of young men today are going to say, I thank my mama for being my father. But that's, see, that's because they don't understand, because no one has example, nor has no one taught them, that a woman could never be a father. Now, it may appear that she is performing in those functions, but there's some innate things that a young man needs to see. It's, it's just like when uh, you are watching television and you are seeing folks that look like you on television, you are able to adapt to it even better because they are a visual audio example to you. Y'all will catch that in a minute. And so if you are the father and you are being an example, then it resonates a little bit stronger with the male child. Not saying that because you didn't have a father in your life that everything is going to be uh, uh, 
totally destroyed and all this stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is, in order for us to get the Bible results, we got to do this the Bible way. God says that the fathers are responsible. You are not to provoke your children to, for, to wrath. You're not supposed to call them and tell them you're picking them up and not come pick them up. You can't, you, you're not teaching them integrity. When you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. Or you have to say, I'm not going to be there. You have to be a man of your word. I'm not beating you up. I'm saying this is what you have to do. I was talking to someone just the other day, and I said, you know, I, I had to tell some guys, you know, you actually got the short end of the stick being born a male. You think it's okay because you don't have to go through birthing, and you don't have to go through the pain and the anguish of, of having to, to, to nurture the children. However, you have a greater responsibility because you not only got to protect the woman, you also got to protect the child and be the example for all that. Because that is what God has called you to do. That's what God has designed for you to do. And if you walk in God's design, God begins to open up situations in favor for your life. So I'm, I'm coming to encourage you to say, if you want to change the direction of your family, whether you are together as a family unit or in different locations, you have to make the changes to cause the changes. If you want something to happen, men, you have to be the initiator. You can't wait. Women have been trying to do it for so long, trying to be the initiator. It's not in their design. The design is to be a help meet. That's what God called them to do. So they need someone with a vision to come alongside and assist to take on the weight and the responsibility of that. We are causing We have to be more adamant about doing what God has called for us to do. I didn't want to go down that alley. We have to be more adamant. We have to be more intentional. We have to be more focused. We've never heard a man at the end of his life say that he wished he spent more time at work or he would spent more time on the golf course. Nine times out of nine, they say, I wish I spent more time with my family. I wish I would have focused on the more important things of life. We have to find the balance within our own psyche, within our own spirit, to be the provider, to be the, protector, to be the protector, to be all that is necessary to be the covering of that household. Now, because we are just now raising this banner, there's a bunch of stuff in our past roads that are not doing this. There is accidents along the road in our family history that have occurred because we have not been functioning in that. So I'm asking you, no, I'm not asking. I'm telling you that you need to make the decision today to change the next generation. Because you can continue along this road as long as you want to. Or you can make a change to make an environment whereby 
your sons and your daughters have an expectation of a man that will cause them to become better or down the road, that they will have an evaluation criteria by the example that you set that will cause them not to get themselves in trouble. Because if they have the, the necessary characteristics in the home or in the person that truly loves them, then when someone is coming in to manipulate them, it will not happen because they know what real is. If they do not feel love at home, then the first person that shows them some sign of love will be able to manipulate them. And this is, what, this is the final thing I need to tell, us, tell you for today. God says that you have the responsibility of leading your family. Now, I, I, I have to emphasize this. Whether you all are still together as a family, whether you've never been married to your children's mother, whether you have 50 baby mamas and, and, and 75 children, you still have a responsibility to not provoke any of those children to anger by being a man of your word or being a man of character, but you also have a responsibility of revealing to them the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So you have to sit down with those baby mamas or that wife, and you have to say, this is my plan. This is how I want to go forward in establishing this in our, in our children. And because God has created her to be the help me, then she will come alongside the vision, and she will say, I think the best way to do this is deal with child number one in this way, child number two in this way, child number three in this way. Y'all come up with that plan together, and y'all execute. I'm trying to teach you something that <laughs> took us a long time to learn this because I'm a hardhead. But she, my wife, who was my helpmate, came alongside me and said, "Baby, you you can't teach them, treat them both the same. You gotta be a little bit different on with this one. You gotta be different with that one." I was like, "No, we just gonna one size fit all." But you know, when you put on pants, one size fit all. If they ain't legs ain't long enough, they gonna fall all over the place. And so you have to come up with the plan to go forward. You have to have the intentionality to go forward. You have to do what is necessary so that you can create the legacy that God has given you the vision for your family. So it may mean that you can't do as much overtime as you're used to doing. It may mean that you might have to, 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 to downsize from uh, uh, the, the, the latest car to, you know, your car may have to be a couple of years old. You know, as long as the wheels is turning and you can put gas in it, you should be happy. Uh, okay, I ain't going to go into that. But my point is, getting all these trophies and all these medals for people to see mean nothing compared to your legacy. The bottom line that I want to bring out is that God says he's faithful. So as, as you begin to teach them, as you begin to reveal to your children and, and to those young men and those young women that come into your life and you're able to speak into their lives, God is faithful to begin to do a work in them that can cause them to become all that he has desired for them to become. We have discovered this, that the Sunday with the lowest church attendance is Father's Day. Now, 
Again, compared to Mother's Day, complete, diametrically opposed. In fact, in church planning, you plan for three different days in the church. You plan for Christmas, you plan for Easter, and you plan for Mother's Day. Because that's when you're going to have your largest crowds. Yeah. Now, you notice what I said. Christmas, mm -hmm. Easter, those both belong to Jesus, <laughs> and Mother's Day. Yeah. And Father's Day, mm -hmm. we, if a father doesn't attend church but the mother does with her children, only one child out of 50 will grow up to become a regular attender of worship services. You are so significant as a father to touch the lives of your children and to set the course of your legacy. Let's be intentional. Let's do what God has called for us to do. Not provoke our children to anger. Be men of our word. Be men that when we say it's going to happen, if we tell them it's going to be ready to rain, they don't ask no question. They grab an umbrella. We have to do what is necessary so that God can be faithful to his word to us and reveal himself in the lives of our generations. If you want things to change in your family line, you are the initiator. And that's kind of why it seems like everything's against you because if the enemy can keep you down, he can affect every one of your generations to come after you. But because God has called you to be the head, he's called you to be the tip of the spear, you have the ability to overcome, but you also have the effect of touching many more generations. All right. Let me pray for you, Father. Father, Father, I thank you that you are the good Father and that you have set the example for us. I ask that you touch every man that's under the sound of my voice, whether they are grown even or whether they're young, that you will stir up in them a desire to be a man of integrity, a man of righteousness. A man that reflects you in everything that they say and do. And may they come across the path of men that are examples of that. That they will grab hold of that and that they will live it. That they will cause the whole branch of their tree to change into a new direction. And that you will be glorified in all things. God, we thank you for fathers. Because without fathers, we wouldn't be here. We thank you for mothers that have birthed us, but we thank you for the fathers that planted the seed. And so, God, we thank you, and we ask that you will give them courage, give them vision, give them everything that they need in order to not provoke their children to wrath, but raise them in the instruction and discipline of who you are and that their children will grow up to be mighty oaks in the kingdom of heaven. We thank you and we honor you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, if you, as a father or as a person just watching today, if you...
do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then we have a complication because that is highly important in your life. Because Jesus has already paid the way for you to come into the family of God. It's like somebody has bought you a ticket and you ain't using it. And it's to a uh, to something that is beyond your ability to comprehend, understand. And if you will go ahead and cash in your ticket, you will see that life will be different going forward. And so the process is quite simple. The process says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth, Confession is made into righteousness, and with our heart we believe in Christ Jesus. So we want to invite you today to accept Jesus into your life. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You'll be saved from the penalty of sin, which is death. So instead of having death, you have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We want you to make that decision. We are here to assist you along that pathway. We say it every Sunday that this is not an individual sport. This is a team sport where we will come alongside you and assist you. And we do that by you contacting us and letting us know that you need our assistance. You can contact us at info at godshousecc.com. We will come alongside, assist you along this journey because we want you to get God's best for your life. Again, that email address is info at godshousecc.com. Let us know and we will definitely come alongside and assist you. Well, family, friends and family, that is it. Happy Father's Day to the fathers. I know that uh, they're going to make you do the grilling and all that stuff today, but go ahead, bro. Take care of the family. Just go ahead and do all that. Or you could just, you know what I'm saying, you could just talk them into just maybe getting pizza or something and just letting you chill for the day. You know that probably won't happen either, but that's okay, bro. Just love on your family, example God to your family, lift up your family so that God can get the glory in your family. All right? Well, up until next week, we're going to be starting a brand new series. And um, we just got done talking about Abraham's family, but I want to. We're going to go back and talk a little bit more about the deceiver, and you'll figure out who that is next week when we talk about him. We're going to spend some time talking about him because he has a long history that we can take some examples off of. So next week we're going to start talking about uh, Jacob, and uh, we would love to have you come and be a part of that. All right. So until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Thank you.